What's up, everyone? Welcome to Husband and Wife Talk. My name's Corey. My name is Alex. Who do we have today, sweetheart? Today, we have Zach Birdfeld. Zach is a professional dancer turned Pilates guru extraordinaire. When going to his classes, he will make you cry from pain and laugh from joy. He will push you past what you think you can do and keep you smiling the whole time. Zach is a body positive, tequila loving, twerking dog dad whose fitness motto is everybody's welcome. Welcome, Zach. <laughs> welcome, Zach. Oh my God. That's the best intro that anyone has ever given me. Can you just come with me always? And anytime yes. that I meet someone new, you have to say that whole thing. Like a hype, I like will. A hype woman? I will. I'm trying, I'm trying to get better at our intros, and I was really excited to write yours. <laughs> she I was- mean, I'm very happy with that intro i might have to steal that i'll i'll send it to you <laughs> please do i love it well welcome oh, welcome zach thank you so much you guys get to pop my podcast virginity this is my first yeah. one yay oh amazing. honored amazing honored i know thank you so zach is here because a few months ago i was thinking about my journey with food and my journey with my body and at first, I thought, like, well, maybe Corey can interview me and I can talk about it. And then I was thinking, like, who else in my life? And Zach, like, immediately came to mind because I love everything you say on your social media and in your classes. And we've known each other for a long time. And I know that we've had conversations about our bodies and, and things. Um, and plus, I think it's really nice to have a male's perspective because I think usually women talk about it. So I'm very excited to talk about all of this stuff with you. But before we get into the juicy stuff, let's dive into Wednesday wisdom. I will start because mine's very easy peasy breezy. Listen to the Leon Bridges. Beautiful cover girl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> easy breezy, beautiful cover girl. Um, listen to the Leon Bridges album. It's so good. It's so, it's, it's a vibe. Is that what the kids are saying these days? It's a vibe. Mm. I guess. I don't know. I feel like I don't know what the words are for kids <laughs> these days. It's insane. But I will take it. It's a vibe. Yeah. Leon, <laughs> the new Leon Bridges album is so good. And we put it on last night and Corey was like jamming. Jam, it's really it's good. It's a jammy album. It's a jammy album. Very good. Yeah. I love a jammy album. We need a jammy moment. We really do. Yes. Yeah. So that is my easy breezy cover girl <laughs> Wednesday wisdom. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, well, I'll piggyback on that. I've discovered a new podcast that I'm very fond of. It's called Breaking Points with Crystal and Sager. And they, it's like, I just really appreciate their perspectives. Each of them, each show gets a monologue that's like really good. Like they dive into Amazon and Bezos and like, but they're basically, they've kind of opened my eyes into how the media spins narratives and why it's important to like, pay attention to issues and not just like listen to CNN and like form your opinion based on like what CNN or some of these other networks are saying. It's like both sides are doing shit that's shady and here's why. And mm -hmm. here's some examples. And like, this is where like they go after Biden and they, they go after, they don't, they don't pull any punches. One, one is a little bit more to the left. One is a little bit more. To yeah. The right, one's correct? more to the left. One's more to the right. And they talk to each other about these issues. Yeah. And it's just a really, like, honest, I think, like, very earnest portrayal of, like, how the media spins things and why the controlling of the narrative is so important and how politicians yeah, are, like, sure. and, and the media are using moments in 
in Washington DC as like just it's all about just who's dunking on who now like yeah. and it's nothing's getting done like nothing's getting solved I was actually thinking about that today um in the bathrooms at SLT the one studio that I do they have all like the magazine covers that they were on and it'll be like James Franco working out at SLT Tribeca and then mm -hmm. the headline for someone was like you didn't know who Angelina Jolie was hooking up with. She was found at this hotel, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And it's insane to me the way that like the media, even like celebrities, politics, any of that stuff spins so <laughs> far from the truth just to make some money. Yeah. And I like the fact that you discovered it. I'm gonna have to get that podcast from you because I like, I like both sides. Like yeah. I love the fact that that's how I feel. I'm like, we're never all gonna be Democrats. Democrats, like let's just face the facts, but I like the fact, like, I love the business side of Republicans. I love everything else about Democrats. And it's like, how can two people kind of come together and find common yeah. ground versus just bite each other's faces off? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a really interesting perspective. I've enjoyed it. I mean, the girl, uh, Crystal, sometimes her cadence can be a little much because she kind of talks yeah. like this and <laughs> look into that. And so you're, you know, they both have like their shticks, but they're incredibly, they're incredibly, incredibly smart and politically savvy. Uh, and she just did like a 30 minute interview with Bernie. Uh, which is really interesting because oh, for, so cool. for so many years, Bernie's been like an outsider in Washington. And now he's yeah. like the head of, yeah. he's like the fifth most powerful person in Washington now. And he's like having That's a hard, he's like having a hard time navigating the spin that most politicians, because Bernie's not a spin guy. He's just like, yeah, you're right. Joe Manchin's a fucking idiot. Or like, you know, whatever <laughs> it, it may be. But now yeah. he's having to pull punches because he's in a position of power and he doesn't want to piss off anyone because the votes matter. And it's it's frustrating for me to like look at the Senate and be like, literally 50 people are holding up all of this, this these wonderful things that could be done for the country. It's like a handful of idiots. It's yeah. just, it's infuriating. Anyways, Wednesday. Chris, Crystal and Sauger. Anyways. Yeah, Crystal I'll and I'll put Sager. it in the show notes. Yeah. Look it up. Huge fan. Yes. I met, I met Bernie Sanders once at Bear Burger in Astoria, Queens one time. <laughs> he was so doing, random. he was he's so random. I was with my best friend at Bear Burger, like, 2014 or whatever and he was doing like a walk of the neighborhood and just going into all the little shops and like saying hello to everybody which wow. i thought was really cool that is very and cool. very new unique yeah yeah oh. amazing i would love to meet him yeah um zach what's your wisdom for us today <sighs> i think my wisdom for you i was thinking about this is allowing <laughs> my like little life hack is allowing yourself to say no to things even if you really want to do them mm. for your mental health and your mental state i've been very much battling overworked yeah how many bridges can i cross before the end of the day and i've learned to kind of take a step back and be like okay Work is always going to be there. I can always do more if I really want to, but learning how to say no just to sit on the couch or move your schedule around just to like hang out with my dog for 45 minutes before yeah. I have to go teach for another four or five hours. So it definitely lately it's been trying to say no to a lot of opportunities that I don't need to take at that moment. And I know that will be there the following week, the following month, even if it's like yeah. shifting clients around to work at a later time just so I can have a moment of peace and quiet. And I think that that's really something that I've been striving to do more as of late. Yeah. So that's my wisdom. Say no. Say no. Every, yes. I feel like, especially as New Yorkers, we want to say yes to everything yeah. and we want to always be on the go and in the know. 
But as of late, I've just been so burnt out from it of trying to like have a social life and work and then further myself with like knowledge of Pilates and nutrition and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. But I feel like I kind of get lost in that excitement and I forget that I need to take a breather and be by myself and have alone time and just lay on the couch and eat some chips, you know? Sometimes you just got to do that. Yeah, (laughs) I love that. Yeah, I love that. I think that's also a unique thing about fitness instructors is because if I do want to say no to a client or if I want to let go of a class, I know that I can easily just pick it up next week. Like I know that money is not gone forever. It's just going to come to me at a different time. And I, that's why I think one of the blessings of being a teacher is that you do have this flexibility in your schedule yet your pay doesn't necessarily have to sacrifice unless you of course want it to, but um, okay, Kat, make your decision. Where, and, I, where are you <laughs> and I think it's also, but to piggyback off of that, I think it's hard being a it fitness is. professional too, because especially if you have like your little niche and you have your following, you have your clients, yeah. it's very hard to say no to that because that's, if I say no to something, that's hundreds of dollars yes. that I'm not going to yeah, get that totally. day yeah. in order to like totally be able to chill by myself. So yeah. it's trying to find the balance of like, I can't see you today, but are you free X, Y, and Z? And then if yeah. they say no, then I'll try to like finagle my schedule to yeah. fit them in that day and then cancel something out yeah. so that I don't feel like I'm teaching an insane amount of hours like yeah. I have been. Yeah. And then another like downside is when you do have your like regular students, if you like, I, I don't know if you have this fear, but sometimes I have this fear of like, oh, if I sub out a class, like, are people going to get out of their routine and like not come back the week after? Yeah. Or, you know, that, that, that is kind of a, a, a small stress, like a little thing in the back of my mind when I think about rearranging my schedule or getting something covered to like for vacation or whatnot, like, ah. I'm just gone one week. Like, don't let this mess up your routine. Like, keep coming back, you know? <laughs> and that's that's the thing that I feel like some people try to make you, you say, like, oh, you shouldn't go on vacation because then I'm going to lose out on, like, feeling healthy and feeling this way. And I'm like, well, in order for me to provide this, like, amazing service to you, yes. I myself need to take a break for myself. Yes. I feel like during COVID, I gave myself five days off total for an entire year. Yeah, you were working and, uh, like a madman. And it's insane. And it's especially like in the summer, like you think things start to dwindle down and like clients go away. And I always have this small freak out of, oh crap, my like huge income from privates, they're all going to be in the Hamptons or in Paris or whatever for a summer. Let me like pick up more group classes or something like that. And then this year, nobody left Yeah. or everyone left. And so I'm teaching like 48 hours a week and I'm like, what am I doing to myself? I'm like, it's <laughs> July. I want to be like hot girl summer at the pool. And here yes. I am like teaching nine hours. Yeah. I was like, what am I doing? I mean, so it's, it's a real like thing. Ebb and flow of like, yeah. And it's like, I'm teaching a, I'm taking a bunch of time off in August, but it's such a thing as like somebody that works for yourself that like, it's hard to say no. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm going to be gone for, two weeks in August, why not just like crush it now so they don't have to worry about it? I hate the fact that we have to think that way and we can't just be like, oh, I'm just gonna go on vacation for a week. I'm not gonna work or do anything. And here I am being like, oh, at Disney World, am I gonna be able to fit three clients in before we go to the park? Sure, why not? And then I'm like, no, 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 no. no, no, no. I'm like, just take the time off, take the time. Yes, yeah, Yeah, good for you. Um, Well, speaking of fitness world and Pilates, 
how did you get into Pilates and um, you can kind of talk about your journey from like dance to Pilates. Yeah, for sure. So I was a dance major in college. I didn't start dancing until I was about 19. I feel like I was a late same, bloomer, same. but they always, every, everyone always said that it was, it's better to start later as a dancer, especially for men, because you're fully developed and like your mm-hmm. attitude and your focus is there a lot more than from whenever you're younger. And so did musicals and all that stuff in high school, went to college, was an elementary school major for like a year. Mm-hmm. And then for one of my electives, we had to go see a dance show and I fell in love with it. And I was like, that's what I want to do. So I auditioned, I didn't get in the first time, but they were like, we really love you. You have like some technique there, but you're just not a trained dancer. They were like, take these few classes and then we'll see how you do. I took those few classes. The next semester I was in the department and I just like fell in love and dove right into it. And one of the classes that we had to take was wellness for dancers, which I wish oh my I would have appreciated a little bit more now. Every, every... Yeah school needs to have that every dance program needs to have wellness for dancers and it was just it was just one of those amazing programs where we did everything from learning about nutrition and how to fuel our bodies to dealing with like anorexia and eating disorders and all that kind of stuff but so that was half the semester and then the other half semester was either yoga or pilates and my professor was certified pilates instructor on the machine, we had a wellness room, which I also wish I would have taken advantage of. And it had a what Cadillac, a two reformers, a barrel, and we would do these training sessions in there. And I first was just like, what is this? Like, <laughs> I don't want to do this. I just like want to be dancing, flinging my body across the floor. <laughs> I don't need this in my life. And then I kind of left it at that. Like it was always something that we would go like flip over on or do like crazy things be like, all right, I'm done. I'll like do it whenever I have to do my test out for it later. Yeah. Graduated college, moved to New York city, like 10 months after that. And my first job, my first survival job while I was mm-hmm. dancing was working at a Pilates studio. So I got the job at a Pilates studio. I was just working the front desk cause I want to do something with fitness and that had to do with health mm-hmm. and body to kind of tie in with my dancing. And I thought that it was great cross training and I just fell in love and I got to take free classes and it was such a complimentary movement with my dancing to the Pilates, doing it for free, getting into that little zone. Yeah. So yeah, that was kind of the start of that. And then my interest started to peak a little bit more once I saw A, how much money you can make as instructor mm-hmm. and B, dancer burnout is real and the fact that you would maybe get paid or maybe not get paid for work was insane to me so the fact that I could make what I made in an eight-hour rehearsal in an hour was something that Mm -hmm. was really intriguing to me while still moving my body and the way I went to and still being creative so then I ended up training with Gail, who you guys actually had on your podcast from On Your Body. And um, she trained me like old school style, one-on-one. We went through the manual and everything like that. And I said, I'm ready to do this a little bit. And she's like, well, wait until you're done dancing so much so that this could be your sole focus and you don't have to try to be pulled from two worlds. So then I created my own class and I fell in love with it even more. And then once my season ended with my company, I was like, all right, I think I'm done professionally dancing on the stage for a moment. Yeah. I just kind of want to see where this career goes. And ever since then, it kind of just exploded. Yeah. And I was just like the yes man. I was like, <laughs> I will take anything and everything. I've done everything from like teaching at Pure Bar, which was 
not my favorite thing <laughs> to um, teaching strength classes and Pilates fusion and regular Pilates. So just kind of diving into like contemporary Pilates, classical Pilates, mixing with the strength training and all that kind of stuff has yeah. been pretty amazing. Then I started to work for Equinox teaching privately there too. Cause I was like, why not? I'm not dancing anymore. I need to fill my yeah. days with <laughs> something to do. <laughs> and so I would like work at mind your body in the morning and then go to Equinox at night. And one of my friends was like, you should audition to be a group fitness instructor. I think that they would love your energy. And I went in and it was the most nerve wracking thing. <laughs> I don't, Alex, I don't know about your auditions that you had to do for teaching, but they had like 50 people that were auditioning. And then they had every single manager from each location in the region. Each location? Like in the back, wow. Each location. So there was like 20 something uh, like fitness managers in the background. And then we would all have to take each other's little yeah. three minute segment, which was so nerve wracking. And what I loved about what I did is I got up, I walked around the room, I like put fun music on, I made it completely different mm -hmm. than from what everyone else was doing. And then right yes. after that, people were like, oh, can you teach for us? Can you teach this yeah. day and that day? And that was kind of my start into more group fitness. Then I found SLT, which is the degree method, which is the hardest class I've ever done in my entire <laughs> life. And I fell in love with that too. I started teaching there and then COVID hit and I branched out on my own and I created Reformation by Zach. And it has to deal with everything from being on the reformer to on the mat and how they're infused the two with gliders, weights, balls, props. Alex can attest to how yes. wild we get to, <laughs> to a little bit of twerking. So it's been amazing to see <laughs> from like where, where I've started to this trajectory of fitness and this umbrella effect of, holy crap, I can do this as a living and yeah. kind of pull myself in all these different pots and I never really have to be just one thing, so in the short amount of time, that's the long of it yes. <laughs> of my life as a fitness yeah. instructor. It's amazing. And I want to point something out because I, I've been teaching variety of fitness classes for, um, I said this out loud today and I didn't really realize it, 11 years. And I have gone yeah. to all different kinds of auditions. And the, the most positive response I get and when I do get the jobs is in specifically in group settings like that when you're in like, 10 different teachers and you have like five minutes to teach something, you have to pay attention to what the other people are doing and you have to go oh, in sure. with an, a, you can't go in with a set game plan. You have to go in with a few different ideas and pay attention and adapt to what everyone else is doing because the very first like big yoga job I got, I realized that, you know, everyone was doing the same kind of like very zen, chill, um, like re chill, but also like really advanced poses where I'm like, we're, mm -hmm. we're, this is an audition. Like we don't have to show off our skill as a yogi. We have to show off our skill as a teacher. And so I like dumbed it, not dumbed it down, but I did some like very simple things. I was a human and I made jokes and I spoke to the people in the room as humans do. And so I think it's, good that you got that I mean you got that job because you're an amazing teacher but also because you did something that's totally different and that made you stand out so if anyone's listening who wants to be a group fitness instructor and you go to a group audition like that like be adaptable be a human and have fun with it because that's what gets seen and that's what gets noticed yeah 
And I think it's also about like being, I talk a lot about this because I used to do teacher trainings and help teachers with the mega reformer and all that kind of stuff test out and get on the schedule. And the big thing is confidence in your yes. presence, which is kind of like what I loved about bringing over from the dance world is you can walk into the room and be like, I have no fucking idea what I'm trying to teach you or like what you want yes. for me, but I'm just going to give you everything that I can and show my personality and show that I know how to move you guys in space versus yeah. like in my audition, they were like, Hey, if somebody's doing a crunch or a plank, don't do the same thing. Do something different. Yep. And every single person in that audition did a crunch or a plank. <laughs> and then I was like, all right, we're going to stand up. Let's go squats. And then stand, yeah. like other kind of secret yeah, things. So exactly. it's trying to make yourself different and not being afraid to kind of think outside of the bubble. Yep. And like, who really cares what they think at the end of the day, you can like clap yourself, shake it off and like go to the yeah. next thing. But at least you know that like you're true to yourself and you're like I gave you something different and unique and if you don't like it then oh well that's your loss in my game because then I don't want to work for you yep exactly so since we're talking about like body positivity and whatnot I'm curious what is your current relationship with your body and how did you get there yeah I feel like right now I'm kind of in this seesaw effect I take it Mm -hmm. I wake up and I'm like damn, I look good. And then other times I'm like, oh, I don't look so good. So I feel like I'm kind of like stuck in this little in-between, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been struggling with a lot lately because I I was like super skinny as a child, had all these kind of different health issues from like diabetes that they didn't catch to thyroid issues. And then I got into a really bad accident and it shifted my growth plate and I couldn't grow. So like in eighth grade, I was 4'11". So then they ended up having to put me on the new growth hormone that just came out. And I took that for a while. So I've been always like fluctuating in weight Mm -hmm. and like how I thought about myself. And this year, I feel like it's been my time to kind of focus on that and deal with those demons and try to work it out to where I feel confident because I'll walk into a room and people are like oh my god you're so confident in everything that you do lo and behold I'm looking at myself like well gotta mm-hmm. make sure I get my cardio in today I gotta make yeah. sure I weight lift a little bit more get my Pilates in so I feel like it's such an uphill battle that people don't really understand that just because we're an instructor and we teach different modalities and methods that we also mm-hmm. too struggle it's like practice what you preach but it's yeah. a little hard that way um I've also been, I feel like there's been a shift in the world in regards to like health and wellness and the way that we should be looking. So I've been striving this year was all about body positivity. I've been like that for a while now um, about, I don't look like the stereotypical fitness instructor. I'm Mm -hmm. not like five, eight, and I don't weigh uh, 150 pounds and you can't see every single muscle in my body, but I'm strong. I'm confident. I know my body. I'm very intuitive in like what I'm doing. So I've been trying to take what I've kind of learned and built in myself with regards to that and channel it to other people. Mm -hmm. And that's been like a really amazing process to kind of like figure out myself with my clients. Yeah. Yeah. Which has been awesome to kind of dive in. Yeah. I definitely think it's just a constant battle and an uphill and a downhill spiral of like, how am I feeling today? Is this going to trigger me? Does it set me off? Cause I have some underlying like how things and like I used to battle with like anorexia and bulimia when I was dancing so much so Mm -hmm. it's trying to take those thoughts and ditch them but also trying to maintain like why do I feel that way Mm -hmm. or what sets me off is is it like 
looking at a magazine or seeing an article or somebody else that like I want the jobs at, and I look at them I'm like, well, I can't go for that job because I don't have a 12 pack and you can't mm-hmm. see every muscle yeah. from me to like this sizing of like Lululemon's sizing has changed this year to like very, very tiny. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> right. So having to like go up in size and stuff like that. So it's definitely a battle, but then there's days like yesterday, a client that I haven't seen since pre COVID came up to me and was like, holy shit, Zach. And I was like, what? She's like, like you, gained so much muscle over COVID. She was like, you're so strong. Like, she's Mm. like, you look like you could beat somebody up and you're just so strong and I love (laughs) everything about you. And I was like, really? (laughs) Okay, I'll take it. So it's amazing. It's such like a body dysmorphia of like, people will tell me certain things and I'm very like, no, what are you talking about? And then, and then it starts, but then it starts to resonate or I'll look at a photo and be like, holy crap, I look amazing. Like, what am I talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely a constant battle where we're on the up and up yeah it's a nice little roller coaster yeah and I'm just free falling a little bit (laughs) I can definitely (laughs) resonate with you about not feeling like what you like an instructor should look like um speaking of that gym that he was talking about that was my first time being a CrossFit instructor and I was really struggling with I have these two identities of a dancer and a fitness instructor and I felt like my body didn't look like either I felt like when I was with certain friends, people would be like, oh, you must be a dancer. You look like a dancer. And they never said that to me. And that was hard. And then it was also hard to teach with women who are like so jacked out of their mind. Oh, for sure. <laughs> because, but I, what I didn't realize at the time and what was hard for me to see at the time was that was their one focus. That was their goal. That was their dedication. And they were spending, you know, all of their time doing that and since I had these two um, lanes and these like dueling polarities of body types it was really hard for me to fe- like find comfort in my body and know that as you said like just because I don't have a six-pack doesn't mean I don't know what I'm talking about and doesn't mean that I'm not a good instructor and that took me up until about a, two years ago to realize and be fully confident in myself that just because I don't look like this other instructor or this dancer <clears throat> doesn't mean that I'm not knowledgeable or worthy. So I can really, I can definitely sympathize with that. And it's hard because as fitness instructors and we, we see who's at like the top tier and they so you typically have, you know, a certain body type or people who are on magazines or, or whatnot. And that is changing. And I'm really thankful for that change. But, you know, it's it's like um, uh, like sh- Shape magazine. Like I know that a few years ago people were like, what the hell? Like it was a women's shape magazine and a men's shape magazine. And the women's shape magazine mm-hmm. was like all the things to like tone and lean. And then the men's was like all the things to bulk up. And like I, a CrossFitter posted it. She was like, well, I want to bulk. So should I be reading the men's magazine? Um, <laughs> and there's plenty of men that want to tone. And, you know, it's just the way society tells us that we should look or feel um, and the relationship that we should have with our body. It's, it's tough. Yeah, it's crazy, but I've been so grateful that there's been this new movement of like even like plus size models and influencers and like everyday life. I'm like, what is normal? 
Yeah. Like, why do I want to look like this? Because I feel like half the time we achieve the goals of like what we think we want to look like. And then you get there and you're like, I'm still not happy. Yeah. So it's definitely trying to switch, like flip the switch and deal with like the mental stuff of like the trauma that like we've dealt with, like as dancers, like I will never forget like why I start to like feel the way I did it, is I was doing this summer intensive and this instructor was setting this like contemporary ballet piece and all of his students that he brought in were like six foot 15 like you could see every muscle mm -hmm. in their body like Alvin Ailey looking at dancers and they were absolutely incredible and then there was me who was like tall like lanky like a little heavier and they try to put me, well, they did. They put me in like an extra small booty shorts. And they're like, here's your costume for what you're wearing so that we all match. And I go, are you kidding me? And it was this weird, it was this weird revelation of why I'm like, why are people like this? And I went up to the choreographer and I was like, hey, I don't feel comfortable in this. I was also like, this is a summer intensive. If this was a professional gig, I would like shut my mouth and like yeah. collect my check. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we paid to be here. I was like, what is this? And he made me like lift up my shirt and he was like, oh, what are you talking gosh. about? And he like felt around my stomach and he was oh. like pinching it and stuff like that. And I was like, what are you doing? I was like, this is the reason why yeah. people have issues. And I feel like it's such like a woman dominated issue mm -hmm. and something that they don't really talk about with men that much. So I kind of feel a little bit more strongly, but I'm trying to advocate yeah. for the men over here. So it's trying to like break those barriers of like, F the noise. I don't care who you are. I'm just going to come in here, do what I can do. And if it's not accepting to you, then oh well. But I love the fact in 2021, it's been all about like intuitive eating, living your best yeah. life, like be free, wear what you want to wear and don't apologize for it if you yeah. don't feel like you have to be a size small or a zero. Yeah. So I have been loving this like little shift of the narrative. Totally. And that's what I tell all my clients too, because clients will come in um, and be like, I just want to lose weight. I want to look like this. And I want to look like that. And I never say anymore, like, this is to tone your body. Yeah. This is to sculpt your arms. Yeah. I've been very much like, this is to like, give you the strength and the tools to be able to move throughout your day-to-day -day life. This is to like, lift up all the bullshit out of your life and feel strong and feel mm -hmm. powerful and confident versus like, let's go tone our abs and butts, lift it up a little higher, put the booty yeah. band on <laughs> if you want extra, like, yeah. I hate that noise of like so like early 2000s of like do this to tone or do this yeah. to sculpt or do this to blah blah yeah. blah versus like why don't we just work out to feel good release endorphins and be happy yeah what what's that famous quote from l woods um like oh yeah <laughs> happy people don't marry their husbands or kill, something kill like their that. husbands they don't kill their <laughs> kill husbands, their husbands. <laughs> yeah um and yeah because yeah. she was exercising and she had endorphins Happy people just don't kill yeah. their husbands. <laughs> yeah, so true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I remember talking, we have a, a friend of ours, Tyler, who um, I used to coach with that Corey um, has, he's a group coaching, or he does some group coaching stuff around, um, I mean, Corey. Mindset, can, yeah, mindset. Yeah, like mindset, mental health, physical health. And I remember having a conversation with him. He brought it up to me because I had either said it on the podcast or talked about it on Instagram or something. And I thought it was totally, I thought it was just a woman thing where we like walk past a mirror and like body check ourselves and, you know, like lift up our shirt mm -hmm. or, you know, look at herself in the mirror. And he's like, I'm totally guilty of body checking. And it was like so naive of me to think that it was mainly a women, a woman thing, because I, in my inner circle of women, we were talking about it 
and hearing him this like totally beefed out jacked guy I'm like you body check like you look in the mirror and worry and wonder about mm -hmm. what your body looks like and um I like I don't when I walk you know when I walk past a mirror I don't need to check out my body I can just walk past a mirror <laughs> you know yeah um <laughs> it's yeah. such a it's such a weird concept of like oh there's a mirror let's all look at ourselves yeah I feel like especially with like being a dancer we were always yes. taught to like look at your form in the mirror yes. like where's your body in space yeah. so we're always so super focused of like what are my limbs doing what's like my neck doing here what is this doing here and yeah. I can't it like flips over to fitness of like oh well like is my form okay where's my knees tracking over my ankles and like all that yeah. kind of stuff and then you like get a shower and you come out of the shower and you're like looking at yourself to put your contacts in or your makeup on or something like that. So yeah. it's these like crazy situations that you don't think of how much we actually have to check ourselves out that whenever we take away those situations and then you walk past the mirror and you're like, oh, I'm not having to like put a contact in or mm -hmm. look at my form. Like, let me just like look at myself to make sure I'm put together. Like we shouldn't have to always feel like, oh, there's a mirror. I'm going to look at myself. I'm yeah. so guilty. Even before this, I like went into the bathroom and I looked and I was like, <laughs> it's not going to be, we're not posting this video, but like, let me splash some water on my face. Like yeah. it's yeah. really okay. It's crazy the things that we do. Yeah. yeah. Um. Corey, Corey grew up playing ice hockey. Do you feel like in um, a more male dominant sport like ice hockey that there was, I mean, this was like 20 years, 15 years ago, but do you think that there was, do you remember hearing men talk about the look of their bodies and, um, or did you ever struggle I mean, with that? I've always just kind of had like a little, little bit of a belly, um, but even playing at a high level i just always kind of had a gut i mean hockey players are notoriously you can't pick them out you can pick them out as an athlete in a crowd like that's just right the strength is all in their legs you know so there's not a whole lot of, i mean yeah. not all of them some of them are beefcakes but i never really like felt like body shamed or like i wasn't i guess because i was really good not to like be braggadocious <laughs> but like i was at the higher level of the other kids that i was competing against so, like, I never really worried because I was just better than most of the people, right? So, like, I didn't need to be as strong or I still worked hard, but I, my general constitution was, like, I was relatively fit, but I never felt, like, pressured or anything. I mean, there were definitely other issues <laughs> that go on in a boy's locker room that are not healthy, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, um, but I think more of, like, that stuff of like what goes on in a hockey locker room was harmful more so than like body shaming. I mean, sometimes people would be like, yo, you're fucking fat, like lose weight. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. not particularly. I think for, I don't know about you guys, but for me, it's such, I feel like different age categorize like different feelings of way that like we totally. thought about ourselves yeah. in high school. Like, I went to the gym and I swam and I did like all that kind of stuff, but I was never like, I want to make sure that I look like this or I, it was always like, Oh, I want to lose like a few pounds for like a show or the musical, or just because like, I want to feel better. And then you get to college and it's this different sense of like ripping you out of like being around your parents around like an, an environment that you feel comfortable in and putting you into this little box and this bubble of you starting to like grow up a little bit and seeing more of the outside world and especially like in the dance world or any sport or anything having to be aware of your body yeah. or like having a professor being like you need to do this x y and z to make sure that you get a job 
or you need to do X, Y, and Z to make sure that like you can put food on the table so that you look a certain way so that you can get like commercials and all that kind of stuff. Like it's crazy the way it's kind of progressed. I feel like, especially for us in terms of body image, like you grow up and you're like, oh, I don't really care whatever hair a mess, this a mess, whenever you're super young and in middle school. And then it starts to change like, oh, Mm -hmm. you want to look your best in ninth grade. And you want to make sure that like you don't have braces and your clothes are nice. And then it like shifts to college. So it's been this weird uprising battle. I feel like it's like you start born and you're like, oh, I don't really give a shit. And then as soon as you're (laughs) old, you're kind of like, I don't really give a shit either. And it's, we're in like that middle zone of like 40 years where we're like, health is wealth. You must look look like this in order to succeed. And I, we just need to break that and smash that and be like, be you, be healthy, do whatever you want to do and just make sure that you're safe. Yeah. I think it also, I mean, to, uh, to advocate for coaches i think like if you're trying to do something that's really hard like gymnastics you know if you're trying to like compete at a high level if that's your dream you have to have the prerequisite skill and then uh, the body type kind of comes with that that's why a lot of gymnasts all kind of have the same body type but like you know if you have a coach that's like hey you need to lose weight i don't have a problem with that personally if it's like going to help the athlete out i think there are nicer ways to do that you can be healthy and there's unhealthy ways to do that but i think where I think that sometimes it goes a little bit too far into like coddling athletes into being like, oh, well, you're okay just the way you are. Like if you're trying to do something hard, you need to be pushed to do something hard. And there are hard truths that that have to come with that, right? But there are healthy ways to push that. And I think that's what I'm looking forward to in the transformation of like coaches nowadays under like you and like Alex that understand, yeah, you can push someone to be better, but there's a kinder way to do it so that there aren't all yeah. these crazy mental issues that come outside of that. You know, I think that's yeah. Oh, for sure. What I'm looking forward to. It's seeing. such a little mind. It's a mind fuck. Yeah. It's a mind fuck of trying to be like, how do I push you, but also try to make sure that you don't feel any shame for like what I'm trying to make you do, and that you feel like you're trying to succeed in my class, which is like always what I say, I go do what you can. I said, I don't care how low you can go in a lunch or a plank. I'm like, just show up, do your best. If you have to take a hundred breaks, you take a hundred breaks. Like it doesn't matter. Nobody's watching you have this time for yourself. Like this time, this is your time to like feel good, get stronger. And who gives a shit? Like what you say half the time in my class, I'm like, don't fix your hair. Don't touch your shirt. I was like, nobody cares. This time is for you to just, I totally agree. Release any anger and just have fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I want to touch on what you said about like having a different relationship with your body as you get into certain like sections of your life. And and as you said in the beginning of like you're having this roller coaster relationship with your body. I think we'll always. I think humans will always have a roller coaster with our bodies because our bodies are always changing. And some people, I think, have an easier time with accepting change and some have a slightly harder time with accepting change, change meaning aging. Uh Um, And I know that for me personally, as much as I say that I have, you know, I've done a lot of work to have a positive relationship with my body, but there are definitely days where I don't feel like I love my body as much and there are days that I totally feel super confident and like fuck everyone I'm gonna wear whatever the fuck I want and I'm gonna feel super confident in my skin and every day you know is is a little bit different and 
I know that my body's always changing and I think what has helped me have a little bit more of a positive relationship with my body is accepting that it is it is always my body is always going to change and I say this a lot in my yoga class like be thankful not for what your body looks like but for what your body can do for you and that also has shifted why I work out how I work out it's not because I'm trying mm-hmm. to achieve a specific look I'm trying to get my body strong like I'm not trying to do pull-ups because I want my back muscles to look jacked I'm doing pull-ups because I personally want to be able to do pull-ups like that's a goal I want I want that strength to pull my chin over the bar multiple times um so I, I th- and you never know whenever you're gonna have to pull yourself up out exactly. of somewhere like what if you have to like you're <laughs> rock climbing and you have to pull yourself up or else you're gonna die it's like you exactly. never know that like the basic functions of like <laughs> pulling yourself up or like squatting down yeah. to do something it's a basic functions of movement exactly. that we try to build upon every day yeah yeah so I think if someone is struggling with their body I think that motto really helped me of Love your body not for what it looks like, but for what it can do for you. And go to the gym not to have a specific visual outcome, outcome, but to have a internal outcome. Like get your body strong. Maybe it's even just like figuring out certain goals. Like if you're taking a Pilates class, like maybe you want to get to a specific weights. Like use specific set specific set of weights or if you're doing a like a reformer like using a specific spring or if you're Mm -hmm. in a crossfit gym being able to do like x amount of whatever push-ups pull-ups if you're a dancer getting your leg to kick higher or having more stamina like having more of a goal of what your body can do rather than what your body looks like and i think that also speaks to a larger conversation of like motivation right like what motivates someone to want to be physically fit like honestly some of the my best physical shape that i've been in was because someone's like yo dude you're looking a little soft like i'm not gonna lie you look heavy you know uh or you know the fact that i have this beautiful wife that's like a crossfit coach and i was like almost 300 pounds i was like i don't want to be that guy right so it what the the motivating factor for me that seems to work really well is when i feel like shit about myself and like i think but i think that i think that that can be a motivation right so like the fear yeah, of, it, or, uh, well, just hear me out. Okay. M- people are motivated by different things, right? I was motivated. It was like, I don't want to be this like chunky husband with like a beautiful wife. Like, I don't want to, to do that. That was just for me. Like, that's just how my brain worked. Yeah. I also was like, she likes exercise. Like I also used to like exercise, but, and then it was about like, how do I hack my fitness and make it fun? And I've, tr- that's what it's been for me is like, if I want to go and it's fun, then I'm like into it. But it's the motivation. If someone can figure out motivation, I mean, that's the million dollar ticket. I mean, that's yeah. why there's so many books written about it. Yeah. I think it's also fine. Not only finding that motivation, but I talk a lot about is finding something that like works for you and yes. that you love to do. Yes. I feel like too many times people are like, oh, I have to run or I have to take a spin class or I have to do this because this is like what other a billion other people are doing and it's it's like no find what works for you if it's 20 minutes on the electrical and then you do some free weights for like five ten minutes you're still moving your body it doesn't have to be this like crazy intense thing every day it's like if you want to do yoga every day amazing if you want to I don't know, run, skip and hop around the streets in New York city or wherever you live, like do whatever you want to do. I just say, 
get up, move and feel good. Yeah. It's very similar situation as like my husband is just like naturally thin. He has a very fast metabolism. He's like, Oh, I don't feel the best. So he'll have like a salad for two days and then, and not like <laughs> eat talking and not eat talkies. And he'll like have like basically a six pack back. And then here's me who like diets for like weeks on end to get myself ready for like a video photo shoot and I don't even look half the way like that I'm like this is just not fair yeah yeah but I think it's Everybody just like body is different I get I feel like I get motivated from like if I have like a photo shoot or if I like filming for like the one app that I film for like making sure that I like look and feel my best it's not so much look my obviously you want to look good on camera but trying to look good and feel strong for you so that I feel confident in portraying like the moves and everything that I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. And then you eat the, and then you eat the pizza after because who cares after the photo shoot or video shoot's done. Yeah. 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 Um, well, speaking of pizza, let's kind of shift into a little bit of food and I don't like to use the word diet, but food and the diet industry. Um, I know that you've been open about, eating and some as you said earlier like anorexia and bulimia so like what's your current relationship with food and how did you get there I think it's the best that it's ever been this year I've kind of ditched the word diet yes. I will just Good. my husband and I try to just say like eat clean or healthy yeah. whatever that means for us and it's completely two different things for Chris and I and I think you just have to find, you have to find that balance of like what feels good for you. I feel like too many years I've spent yo-yo dieting ever since I was a young kid uh, and a doctor saying like, you need to lose weight because you're like diabetes, like you have diabetes and we didn't find it out for like five years. So like going from that and having somebody tell you like, you're fat, you need to lose weight. Like I will, if I ever saw this woman, I would like want my mom to slap her because mm -hmm. I'm like, she like ruined, she, mm -hmm. I like know for a fact that she's the one that like ruined my relationship with food is she would, it was like that old school mindset of, oh my God, Zach, you look so skinny. You look so great. And here I was yeah. like 12 years old, like not eating. Or like, oh, Zach, you gained five pounds since the last time I saw you. Like, what were you doing? Eating ice cream or something like that? Mm. So it's that mentality kind of followed me for a very, very long time into like this sort of eating of like, oh, like if I do this 10-day fat, this like 10-day cleanse, I know that I'll lose like X amount of weight. Or if I do this or whenever I first moved to New York City, I was like at my thinnest and it was like I would work out every single day I would go to rehearsal for five hours a day and then all that I would eat I literally lived off of like green beans brown rice with like that lemon pepper <laughs> yeah and a hot sauce and then like a yogurt and I'm like this makes no sense yeah so I feel like as the years progressed and as I was more around it and I will say I'm very thankful for like my clientele that would say like oh maybe you should try this or like go talk to this doctor or like yeah. this person helped me out with diet and blah, blah, blah. And one of my old neighbors um, is a registered dietitian. And as soon as I started talking to her, she, it was the first time that somebody wasn't like, well, this is what we're going to put you on to eat. Yeah. She's going to, it was more of the sense of like, well, what things do you like to eat? Cause I'm a very picky eater. And I'm like, you telling me that I need to just eat salads every day. It's just yeah, not going to happen. Not a salad like makes me want to vomit. It's just not what I am. She's like, these are the tools that you can do. Like, 
learning how to like for hunger cues and like what will satisfy you mm -hmm. instead of like grabbing sugar, grab like a piece of fruit. So it's been, it's been very like not, I would, I wouldn't say I eat intuitively, but I eat for fuel and I eat for strength. And I think that that's been something that has shifted versus like eating whenever I'm going to about to pass out versus eating to be able to like sustain my energy and my crazy teaching yes. schedule with also like trying to work on myself physically as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, the reason why I don't like the word diet is because diet has the connotation that at some point it will stop and then you will go back to what eating the way you did before. And oh, then you're sure. just going to gain the weight back or gain the health, issues back or like, or, yeah. yeah so I I totally agree like I I'm I'm not down with the word diet I think that it just needs to be a lifestyle change and it sounds like that's what this dietitian helped you with was a lifestyle change of learning hey w learning how to fuel your body properly to the things that your body is doing because we all have different like Someone who sits at a desk is going to have a lot different energy output than someone who shoots film and standing on their feet all day or teaches fitness right. classes and is using their body all day. So, I mean, even the three of us are going to have a totally different energy output, not just because of our sizes, but because of what our lifestyle is and how our body is. So when I work with clients and how I treat my relationship with food is it's a lifestyle change. Like it can't be a diet that you have for a little bit. It has to be a lifestyle change and learning what foods fuel you, what foods also fuel your mind, your body and your cravings. Cause, and it took me a and long time. And your soul. And your soul. Yeah. Yes. It took me a long time. Like I, um, a few years, I guess this was probably like five years ago, I started working with a health coach, Robin Euclid, and her whole thing is like all about gut health and trusting your gut and eating with intuition. And that was really hard for me at first because when I first heard that, I'm like, well, my intuition says I want to eat French fries every single meal. <laughs> <laughs> me too. But yes. <laughs> it actually doesn't. Like when I really tune into my body and I think like, what do I need? Sometimes I do need the french fries. Sometimes, as you said, to fuel your soul, you do need french fries. But sometimes I know that I need a smoothie because I'm hot and I need quick fuel and I need fruit. And sometimes I need a warm bowl of rice and quinoa and warm vegetables. Like it's, It is hard to listen and find that intuitive eating. But if you can, it's going to take time, but I just encourage anyone, if you're struggling with, you know, a diet or how to eat or what to eat, work with a professional and find time to really tune into your body and listen. Because sometimes you need to fuel your soul and sometimes you need to fuel your body. And sometimes it's a mix of things. Um, I never understood, I mean... I, I'll say two things about food. Like number one, I never understood the power of people eating in a group consistently. Like you want to yeah. become really close with someone, eat with them every day. Um, the ritual and the ceremony of sitting down to eat with someone is like super important. And number two, working in film uh, has taught me that if there's one thing you'd like, don't want to do when you have to perform, it's like have a super heavy anything. Right. So yeah. like I tell everyone yeah. that comes into my office, I'm like, 
whatever you do, like, we're not getting Mexican food. Like, we're not getting pizza. We're going to get, like, mm-hmm. you should consider eating light because, like, it really does affect people. It weighs you down. And they don't even, I mean, I don't even think about it sometimes. But, I mean, like, I'm more conscious of it now because I'm like, if I eat that, I'm going to need to take a nap in five minutes. Like, <laughs> you know. Oh, for sure. You know, because I can put yeah, down I- garbage like nobody's business. <laughs> I think we all can, and that's yeah. where the intuitive eating comes yeah. into play. Yeah. But also, what I loved, what I love about um, the woman that I worked with is that she made me do like, and I hate doing like journaling and love like food and all that mm-hmm. stuff. It just like brings back like memories of having sure. to be like, yeah. what did I eat today to like show the doctor? Um, but it was more of a sense of like, what, like, how many carbohydrates are you getting? What are your fats like? What is your protein source? And I feel like for years and why I'm suffering so much now is because I was under, I was under my calorie count by like 2000 calories. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I was, and I feel like my body like worked really great for that amount of time. But now I'm like feeling that effects of everything now, like my hormones are all out of whack and like everything going on internally is just kind of like oh you've like reached a point where like your my body i feel like is like almost like feeding off of itself because it's just it's craving and trying to grab onto anything that you get so what she did is i did this like three-day journal and she's very much the sense of like zach it's not about weight loss i'm Mm -hmm. not here to like make you lose 30 pounds it's like how are you sleeping how are you going to the bathroom what is your energy what is your energy like from this time to this time, what do you feel like after a workout? Do you feel like you can get a full night's sleep? Like, are your muscles cramping? Like, is your blood flow? She's very much about like oxygen, blood flow and the way that your body works chemically versus like eat this and then you're gonna lose 15 pounds versus eat this and you're gonna be able to sustain your nine hour day be able to like live and at the end of the day not come home and be like feed me and be like super angry yes yeah so it's been a it's been a very interesting mindset change of like going from like oh I just have to eat this because I'm about to like throw up and pass out Mm -hmm. to oh I want to eat this in order to make sure that like I know that I'm not gonna be able to like be home and cook for myself so I want to make sure that I have enough substance in me to last me three hours yeah then come home and like do something or like what snacks like fuel me the most it's insane to me and like mind-blowing like how much I was underfeeding myself yeah and I because I feel like as and as people it's I feel like it's such a standard of like oh if you want to lose weight like eat like 12 to 1500 calories a day and I'm like maybe if you're a newborn <laughs> I was like yeah I like she told me she was like Zach your calorie count just on a normal day should be like 3,300 calories. Yeah. yeah. And I was, and I was eating, I was eating maybe 17. Yeah. And your body, and you'll see cause... your body have a negative effect instead of you would, some people think like, oh, well, you're eating that few of calories. Like you're going to, you're going to be so skinny and whatnot, but your body, if your body doesn't get what it needs calorically, your body will store the food as fat because it thinks you're hibernating. Oh, for sure. So eating less yeah. can be more detrimental than eating more sometimes. Yeah. And that's what I want people to take after this because I'm dealing with all of the aftermath of yeah. that. So just like eat, talk to somebody, figure yeah. it out what works for you. And the, even if you take like a few days and just kind of calculate like, oh, I had a smoothie. What was my protein intake? My protein intake yeah. was like 
maybe 60 grams of protein and I need like 175 grams yeah. a day. So I'm like, no wonder why like my muscles aren't being filled properly and I'm getting injured more often yeah. than like what I should be. Yeah. So it's been a definitely like a wake up call to be like, oh, I'm fuel, I'm feeding myself to fuel my body, not just to like feel it to look good, but to yeah. keep myself walking and able to do the jobs that we do every day. Yeah. yeah. And I think to what Corey said about like certain foods, you know, dragging you down and making you feel heavy and wanting to take a nap and like what you're saying about um, the, the calories and the macros, like writing down, keeping a journal or keeping a mental note or something of the foods you eat and how you feel after is really important because you could have a smoothie that has 60 grams of protein and feel like still totally depleted. And maybe that means that you need more, or maybe that means you need to add some fat to the protein or the smoothie to make it a little bit more satiating for you. So one, like work with a professional, but two, like keeping track of how you feel after eating out or eating is really, really important um, because that'll be an indicator of, maybe I should do more of this or maybe I should do less of this or maybe this something needs to change. It's a self-experimentation. Um, you have yeah, to be your you own to, and, scientist. Oh, definitely. And, yeah. and that's why I like, even though, so sure I am vegan, but I say I follow a vegan diet because, well, I say I follow, I primarily follow a vegan diet because want someone sometimes I don't you know sometimes I eat honey sometimes I'll have a bite of something that has egg in it or dairy or or whatnot Mm -hmm. but I don't think there needs to be labels I don't think you need to eat keto I don't think you need to be a vegetarian I don't think you need to eat like we can talk about the things we hate about the fitness, the um, diet industry in a little bit because the, I definitely want to stand on a soapbox. It's about but... money, though. It's about making no, it's money. It's money. such about money. It's, it's... A lot of it is about money. Well, yes, that's that's different. But what I'm getting at is there doesn't have to be a label for how you eat. Take the time to experiment. Right. Experiment. Does gluten bother your body? Well, then maybe you need to take it out. Does dairy bother your body? Then maybe you need to take it out. But I've worked with clients who I worked with one person who was like, I want to eat FODMAP because that was like the latest crave craze and people thought that that was going to make them lose weight. And I'm like, well, do do you feel like you have issues with certain foods? Like and when I talk to her more about what a FOD what a FODMAP diet is, is it's not a way to lose weight. It's a way to test your body to figure out what foods work and what foods don't. And so there's just like eating a primarily vegan diet works for me and works for my body. And I've spent years experimenting and I know that from my years of experimenting of what works and what doesn't. And that's what I'm getting at. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah, go ahead. I, But I, I also think that people like crave and want that quick fix. And of like, course. I am a culprit of that 150%. But as you get older, I feel like your mindset changes yes. to, this is not a quick fix. I've learned that the hard way. It's always going to come back and bite you in the ass sometimes. So take the time, start now or whenever like you feel like you're ready and just figure it out. Remove something, add something and just see how you feel. I'm such a fan. I'm just like, eat something, see how you feel. Or if it's like, if I have a smoothie during the day and then I like today I had a smoothie during the day, I taught three classes and I wanted to get a workout in. And I was like, oh, I know in order for me to be able to sustain this workout and I'm working on endurance right now. So like, Mm -hmm. I want to try to push and get through every rep of the class. 
I need to make sure I have like a piece of fruit or a, like a scoop of peanut butter. And that's what I've kind of figured out that like, oh, I feel on top of the world. And like, yeah. I am a Marvel movie character <laughs> if I have like a half a banana and some peanut butter, but yeah. like that might not work for you. So it's such totally. a like, uh, figuring out like, oh, today I'm going to try a smoothie. Tomorrow I'm going to try like an omelet. The next day I'm going to do this and just see how you feel versus yeah. like, there's no quick fix. You're not, no. you can't just like measure everything out in like little containers and be like, oh, this is my portion for yeah. the day. It's not going to work that way. And I think that people need to understand that. And you can't do exactly, and that's my soapbox. <laughs> yeah. And you can't do exactly what someone else does because their body is different than yours and your bodies are going to react differently. So it pisses me off when I see like fitness instructors or people who you know say they're nutritionists or whatnot and they're like this is what I'm eating in a day like do this and you'll look like me I'm like no 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 I won't look like you because one we're doing different exercise routines and two we're different humans we're different bodies like that's not yeah. there's not a one-size-fits-all for food and diet and yeah but um well, 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 hold on. Oh. He talked a little bit about his journey with food. I would like to hear just a little bit about your journey because you had shared with me before the podcast that you used to have issues about around food. And I yeah. was just wanting you to kind of let. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I I think as most dancers struggled with with food and figuring out, you know, I want my body to look a certain way and I feel felt like I needed to eat certain things and in the beginning of like my fitness journey and discovering food it used to be all about calories and I used to I used to say and like feel like calories in equals calories out and I was trying to burn as much as I was eating and I was trying to like I would look at something and read the ingredients and if it had like too much sugar or if it had too many calories, like I would stay away from it. And there would be things like if I would go to get a sandwich and they didn't have whole wheat bread, I would feel really bad about myself for eating white bread. And I would kind yeah, of internally same. beat myself up and have guilt if I had a cookie or treated myself to some indulgent like French fries or pizza or whatnot. Um, and then there was a shift of leaning more towards macros because for me personally, that was like, oh, it's not calories, it's macros. But for me personally, and like, I'm glad that the macros work for you. And I know that macros, watching your macros work for some people. But for me, that was just a disguise to like keep watching my calories. <laughs> um, yeah. And I did used to have a lot of guilt around food and I did used to go to the gym to work off what I ate. Um, instead yeah. of, as we spoke about earlier, like going to the gym to feel strong and feel good in our, in our bodies. Mm. Um, and it has taken me many years. And as I mentioned earlier, I think like just a few years ago is when I've really been able to remove guilt from food. And that took me a really long time and realizing like I was, mm, I can't remember if I was talking to someone or if someone someone posted something of like this really decadent meal they made and they were like I'm not going to worry I'm not going to think about how many calories this is and I wrote to them like why not enjoy this beautiful creation you made and yeah. I know that the way you're saying I'm not going to worry about the calories is you are worrying about the calories and now you've just attached oh, guilt sure. to this beautiful creation of delicious food 
And I have a client that I used to work with who would say like, oh, I had tacos yesterday. I'm fat. Like I need to work out more. I'm like, you now saying that you now have removed all the joy from the tacos that you ate. And now you're placing guilt on yourself and guilt on your body. And ain't nobody got time for that. Nobody has time for that. Enjoy the simple pleasures of life. And one of those simple pleasures is eating. (laughs) We all love to do it. It's a way to fuel our bodies and we have to do it to survive. So why can't we do it to survive and enjoy it at the same time? <laughs> Agreed. And I like the fact that you called that person out for posting that meal. Cause I feel like one or two people can see that and be like, Oh shit, I want to have a meal like that. But now I'm going to, I don't want to mm-hmm. waste the calories. And then it's just like a spiral and like yeah. those things are triggering. And it's like, food guilt is real. I literally had two pieces of pizza the other night. And then I always like, yes, we're going to get pizza. Fuck it. I don't care, whatever. And then it's like, you smash those two slices and you're like, Oh, why did I do that to myself? And it's like, no, Zach, you work hard, you have fun, like enjoy it. And that's when I was on like the elliptical because I'm trying to do more like steady cardio because I'm healing my ankle. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to work out to feel good and I'm going to eat because I want to. And I feel like life is too short. As I get older, you realize just how short it is. You just, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. But it's like, if I want to have the ice cream, have the ice cream. Maybe not have the ice cream every single day. Have the ice cream once or twice a week. And then you feel like you don't have to gorge because I feel like half the time, as people, it's like we don't eat anything during the day. We're like, oh, we're just going to save everything. And then we, overindulge yeah. at night and then we feel super guilty and then it's a constant battle and it's a, like a merry-go-round of like oh get up work out all the food that I did yeah. and then people don't know why your body's not changing and why it's in such like a messed up cycle yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um you said something that I wanted to oh so we recorded a podcast a few weeks ago about guilty pleasures and I spoke a lot and I'm not going to talk a lot about it right now but just cliff notes I feel very strongly whether you're guilty like whatever your guilty pleasure is if you label that as your guilty pleasure you are not able to fully enjoy it there is there is no way that it can be fully pleasurable if there's guilt attached so removing the guilt and saying eating pizza is a pleasure of mine and enjoy it or eating this delicious sandwich thing that I made and who cares about the calories because as you said like not ice cream every day you can enjoy decadent meals every once in a while and it's not gonna throw you off track or crush your body or kill you that and that's what is so important about intuitive eating is being okay with the choices feeding your soul yeah. while you're feeding your body. So. And I also I also just want to call this out like it's easy for us to sit here and talk about this after we've all kind of like done work around it. It's not that easy for it's some not, people. It's like, not that like, easy. Like just saying, no, oh you should just hardest, eat with purpose. It's, the it's like thing. there's there's something going on between the ears that just like you can say that to your blue in the face, but it yeah. just doesn't resonate with people. And I just I don't want people to think that we think it's like this really simple no, thing. No, it's not. It's I very mean, difficult. And there are people that want to help. I mean, I'm know? 30. I'm 32. Am I 32? I think I'm 32. Yes, I am. <laughs> it's taken me this. It's taken yeah, me, same. I would say, roughly like 20 something years to get to this same. point. It's not overnight. It's no. not simple. You have like years of struggle 
and ups and downs to yes. try to like figure out what's going to happen. And it's not a one-stop shop and it's yes. constantly working. It's constantly changing and you're never really going to fully be satisfied until you figure it out. And even then something else is going to throw a wrench in it and you have to restart over. Yes. So it's just a constant cycle and just allowing yourself to have that process and that time to just figure out what works for you. And I mean, I'm, I'm still struggling with it. It happens. Yes, it I happens. can preach here all day, but it's like on Wednesday I had pizza and I was guilty about it yeah. afterwards. But then it's like, but then a few hours later, I was like, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to eat some gummy worms too. <laughs> and then it's like, yes. and then I'm fine after. So it's such like a mind, your mind loves to trade, loves to play tricks on you. And it's trying to like, block that out and just be like you know what i'm gonna take this time i'm gonna feel guilty about it for a moment and know in a few minutes it's gonna go away yes i could not have said it better myself i totally agree with everything you just said yes 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 um so we uh there i think we answered some of the questions that we got but i know that there were some that we didn't that i just want to um touch on quick um, cause then we'll play like a little mini game and then we'll laugh and then we'll laugh at ourselves. Um, so yes. <laughs> one of the, th one of the questions that someone asked you is something along the lines of, is everything okay in moderation or do you feel like eat really well and then have one cheat day? I have lots of thoughts on this. I'll let Zach speak first. <laughs> Growing up, I would be the ladder of where it was like eat super healthy. And then I feel like in college, it was like, you get that one meal or you get that one afternoon and like, that's it. Yeah. And then you have to wait a whole week to like indulge in yourself. And I feel like the older I get, the more I'm like, you know what, if I, I'm very into like eat my veggies, get my protein. And if I want to have something or like, say I have like a sandwich that I won't eat like rice at dinner or if i had like a crazy workout day i know that i can have the sandwich and the rice so it's trying to figure out like what makes you happy and what's not going to get into your head of feeling guilty and having thoughts so i would say that i'm in moderation i have like some form of a dessert every day i love dessert i want an after dinner like yeah. almost almost immediately no matter how full i am <laughs> it's like a few squares of like huge kitchen chocolate which yeah. is like my absolute favorite or even if it's like a date with some peanut butter it's not like my most decadent thing of like would i want an ice cream cone sure but it's going to give me that same sensation and that yeah. taste and it's going to trigger like oh this is like a bad food mm -hmm. even though it's healthy so that my body kind of tricks itself to be like oh you can indulge in this and not feel bad about it so i'm very much the sense of eat healthy get your veggies in, get your proteins whatever carbs is going to fuel you for the mm -hmm. day have your slice out chocolate. If you love a piece of toast in the morning, eat your piece of toast. Who cares? <laughs> you're, you work hard. You have fun. Yeah. At the end of the day, like, do you want to look back whenever you're 80 and be like, oh, I wish I would have eaten what I wanted to do prior to like being at this age. Yeah. And I just want to, I, I agree. I'm, I think if you just listen to what I was talking about, guilty pleasures, like I don't think there should be, I personally don't believe in eating a specific way and then having a cheat day because that attaches guilt to your cheat day and it deprives you. And as you said, like have your sweet treat if that's your thing. And you mentioned like, oh, I worked out really hard, so I'm not going to feel bad if I have a sandwich and rice or whatnot. And that is 
having the right amount of fuel for your workouts because carbs is your body's main source of energy. So yeah, if you do a hard Mm -hmm. workout, like you need those carbs and there shouldn't be negativity um, around fueling your body. Like we all need carbs. It is my biggest, biggest, biggest pet peeve. I can feel my blood boiling when people are like, I don't, I don't eat carbs or like, I don't want to eat carbs. I'm like, bitch, do you eat vegetables? Do you eat fruit? Okay. Then you're eating carbs. Like, don't tell me that you don't eat carbs. No, that is not true. (laughs) Or I want to have a no carb diet. No, 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 you can't. (laughs) I hate it so much. (laughs) Unless you're drinking water. (laughs) Yeah. Unless you're eating meat and water, then okay. Then you don't have carbs. Yeah. <laughs> it drives me nuts when people say that. Um, know the difference, people, between carbs and grains. They're different. Okay. Soapbox moment over. Yeah. <laughs> soapbox, Let's have some fun. Soapbox moment over. But there was another question. Um, who taught you um, about healthy eating, I think, was one the question. And you kind of touched think, on that. but Yeah. Um, I will say, and she'll probably listen to this, Abby Clements helped me a lot with healthy eating. She was the, she was like one of my best friends in college, moved to New York City together and her family is like very health oriented. So I learned about ingredients from them. Like she would look yeah. at something and be like, this is horrendous for you. And I'm like, why have we been eating this for years? But then she would be able to explain to me why it's mm-hmm. bad, which I actually really like. So she was kind of like that start person of, oh, I need to start thinking about not what the calorie count is, but like what is actually in the food that I'm eating. Yeah. So that's kind of how it started. And I would say Google is your best friend. If you don't know how to pronounce something or you have no idea what like this gum is or a really long word that I don't know how to pronounce, chances (laughs) are it's not the best thing for you. I always say like eat. And I think like after talking with like these new, I've worked with plenty of nutritionists and like online, things and I also did like the nutritious life course to be like a certified um health coach and stuff like that with nutrition because I was just so interested to see like what yeah like, what the best fats are and what the fuels are and it's like learning how to read a label is like your best friend throughout your day-to-day life yeah so she definitely like helped me a lot with that and I'm sure she'll love this little shout out so thank yeah. you Abby Clements <laughs> yeah I'm gonna make you'll have to send me her like Instagram website something or other um so we can put it in the show notes um um the last one and then we'll play our my quick little game strategies for when your body is changing and not showing up the way it used to I think we talked about it briefly but as I said earlier your body is always changing and I think your you your relationship with your body and your relationship with your food is always going to have to change because your body is always changing. So for, again, for me, that motto, that mantra of love your body, not for what it looks like, but for what it can do for you in each step of your life and knowing that maybe you have to make some changes and maybe you need to change up your fitness routine because fitness rut is a real thing. Like if you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, the same exercises over and over and over again, your body's going to get used to it and you're going to get fatigue. So for me, my advice is reconnecting. Maybe that means making a food journal and noting how you feel during certain foods. Maybe that means going to take some different classes that you don't normally take or 
finding a fitness instructor or a personal trainer or someone that doesn't do what you normally do to work with your ever-changing body. Great. That's a great answer. And I would piggyback. I agree. That's like what I would say, but also self-care is your best friend. And I feel like I, uh, we can eat healthy. We can train so hard, but if you're not doing the necessary steps in order to help your body recover, I feel like as we get older, injuries are very likely. I'm dealing with an ankle injury since December and now my shoulder, and it's been learning how to switch my mindset of, I don't have to do crazy workouts anymore to feel strong and to feel like I can do X amount of weight with a chest press and like all this stuff. It's just learning how to shift your mindset to be like, what feels good? What feels good, but also challenges me in like an endurance level. So it's learning how to do, if that's steady cardio for you, if that's the Stairmaster, like the low, more like learning how to do more low impact workouts yeah. has been like my biggest blessing instead of just yeah. like running on the treadmill or doing like a hit class in order to like make myself sweat as much as I can. Yeah. So it's definitely being in tune with your body. And like, if something doesn't feel good, don't do it. I literally got yeah. off the treadmill the other day. Cause I was like, you know what? My ankle's wonky. And normally I would just push past it, but I'm like, not worth we're it. not dealing with this. Yeah. I know it's just going to prolong the pain. So just like step off and like allow yourself that moment to just stop. If you have to, if your body's not feeling it, there's a difference between being tired and being too overly fatigued to do everything correctly. Stop, get off. It's okay. Take a break. Foam roll massages. I could preach about self-care all day. I need to get a massage (laughs) ASAP. I love it. I love it. Um, okay. We're going to do Corey, can you hand me your phone? Mm -hmm. We're going to do 30 yes or no questions in three minutes. It's a, it's oh, a soft, wow. it's a soft yes three minutes. No. <laughs> it's a soft three minutes. Some of the questions are a little like, huh? Cause they're yes or no, but don't stress out. <laughs> okay. Okay. Starting off easy. Are you a morning person? Yes. Do you put sugar in your coffee? No, I don't drink coffee. Oh, okay. Can pineapple be a pizza topping? Ew, no. <laughs> Is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> No. <laughs> Do you believe in aliens? No. Do you prefer movies over TV shows? Yes. Have you blamed a brother or sister for something growing up? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever broken up with someone via text? Yep. <laughs> Do you I I know the I answer. Love I know the answer to this one. Do you prefer dogs over cats? Yes, love dogs. Do you prefer to order pancakes over waffles? Oh, pancakes. <laughs> yes. Um <laughs> would you prefer to do a beach vacation over a hotel in a city? Beach vacation. Do you prefer to read a book instead of a Kindle? Book. Did you ever steal money from your parents' wallet? Yes. (laughs) Sorry, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Would you choose to have one extra hour in the day if that means you couldn't sit down in that entire hour? Yes. Story of my life where fitness professionals were standing anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever laughed until you cried? 
Yes. Have you ever laughed until you peed? No. <laughs> Have you ever been skinny dipping? Yes. Do you prefer sweet over salty? Ugh, sweet. Yes. <laughs> Can you watch scary movies alone? Absolutely. It's my favorite genre. Ooh, I didn't know that about you. Can you sing a song in its, in its entirety without listening to it? Yes. Have you ever written someone a love poem? No. <laughs> <laughs> Would you go to Mars if it was colonized? Yes. If you won the lottery, would you tell your friends and family? Yes. Do you know how to play an instrument? I used to play the cello <laughs> way back when. <laughs> Have you ever gone to the store in your pajamas? Yes. 15 seconds. Have you ever cried yourself to sleep? Yes. Do you believe in miracles? Yes. Have you ever told someone you would keep their secret but told it anyway? Yes. <laughs> Do you think people can change? Yes. Have you ever blamed a fart on someone else? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 304. That was really that good. Question? Yeah, that was the last one. Nice. Ding, 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 ding. Very nice. Yes. Very oh, nice. Man, <laughs> Literally my husband every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's helpful to blame the animals. Um, well, we'll transition into what made us laugh the most. Um, what made me laugh the most was also, or what, what made Corey laugh the most was my most embarrassing. So I'm just going to say this for you, I guess. <laughs> Yesterday he asked me, um, like, are you going to shower tonight? Because I have very dry skin. I don't shower every single day unless I've done like crazy sweaty things. I usually shower like. I don't know, five days a week. Um, but <laughs> it also depends on if I shower at night in the morning. Anyway, I had done a face mask and an armpit mask that day. <laughs> and he goes, are you going to shower today? I'm like, well, I already washed my face and my armpits. So no. <laughs> and he thought that was so funny. And I guess I'm a little embarrassed by it. But you really thought that was funny. It's funny. It's hysterical. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, she like considers that a shower because I shower like twice a day, sometimes three times a day. No, I can't oh, do that. Too. My skin will completely dry out and I will become a desert. <laughs> I can't do that. Um, anything recently that made you laugh, Zach? I was actually talking to my husband about this. I was like, I wonder what funny, has anything ever funny happened? And actually this week he's dealing with a science infection. So he... It's just a weirdo, which I love so much. But the other day, he was, like, bent over in front of our, like, large bed in our living room, massaging oh. the front of his cheeks yeah. and his sinuses, like, while humming a song and, like, twerking a little bit. And I just, like, lost it. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, that's definitely, like, a, you can't, sorry, hold on, hold on one second. Um, you're going to have to plug into here. Oh, okay. Sorry, our headphones just died. Hold on one second. Ooh. Oh my gosh, <laughs> this is challenging. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to do be like this. <laughs> okay. Can you hear us? I can hear you. Can you. Oh, it's because it's still on the. Hold on one, hold second. one second. Sorry. Um, this built-in headphones. 
Right here. Same thing. Okay, can you hear us? Oh, I can hear you. Okay, great. We can hear you. Um, okay, so he was massaging his face, humming because of sinus infection. Well, like while bent over, like while bent over, like looking at himself and his like hair was just like long in his face. It was just one of those like visuals. I feel like you had to be there to laugh about it. Okay. Oh. Um, that I feel like I've done shit like that before where I'm just like really focused on like clearing something or I'm doing some weird like whenever I do a face mask I always have to announce it before I come out of the of the bathroom like I have a face mask on like I don't (laughs) want to shock you I have green all over my face um also something that made me laugh a lot was so Corey and I have very different body temperatures and it I dress for the weather I dress for the temperature if it's hot out I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt I'm the same way Corey dresses a little bit more for fashion. Would you disagree, Corey? No. Okay. So I'm definitely the most fashionable person in this relationship. A thousand percent. Yes. Yes. I, yes, I I agree with that. Um, (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Um, but so many times he complain about how hot he is. And I comment, you're wearing a hat, you're wearing jeans and you have shoes on. Yeah. But I look good. But take the hat off, release some heat from your head, put shorts on, maybe wear sandals. She says it exactly in that condescending tone every single time. (laughs) So the other night, Corey's downstairs and he goes, do you promise not to say one word about my outfit when I come upstairs? And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, what is he wearing? And I go, okay. And he, not one word. okay i i won't say a word you promise yes i promise what is going on and then i said can i ask a question and he goes no not one word and then he comes upstairs with sweatpants on and it's like 80 something degrees outside and i go oh <laughs> <laughs> and, and then course, you just let him suffer let him suffer let him suffer yes <laughs> And I didn't say anything at the moment, but later I said, you have, or you, you brought it up. You were like, I just want to be comfy. And I'm like, don't you have shorts that are comfortable? No. He said no, but that made me laugh a lot. Yeah. Um, any, have you done anything stupid or embarrassing recently? I would say I say a lot of fun things during class. So like. (laughs) Yes. Today, whenever we were, I was making them do this like cardio sequence and it was a side plank and I made them like whip their arm like to the mirror and like slap their ass. So like I was like dying (laughs) laughing watching everyone like do this. And I have an older client that always has to like get up and touch like the wall to help her balance. And she like stood right in front of me and like held out her hand and I go oh do you want to dance right now in the middle of class and like slow dance in the middle of class and I was like this is embarrassing but like here we are I'm obsessed that's, that's amazing so cute. that's awesome I yeah. um I, for any fans of the office there's a specific part in the office where um Michael Scott who is the um Steve Carell's character he's a, an idiot he is a very goofball idiot guy but he um it shows him talking to his boss and then there's like an in the moment interview where he goes, sometimes I say a sentence and I don't know where I'm going with it. 
And I feel that way sometimes when fitness classes, like I'm so in the moment and I'm like trying to say something super inspirational and I'm like, what's my point here? Are you fucking sorry? (laughs) (laughs) Literally all the time. Half the time I feel like I'm teaching. Like today I was teaching and I was like, why am I here? I go, and I just, you just like think the most randomest things while you're teaching for a second. You're like, you're like, but why am I here? (laughs) <laughs> like and then I'm like oh shit like what are we doing right now like what's happening right now <laughs> yes oh my gosh yeah. it's like you think of the most like random things like why is the earth the way it is like why are why was I born like during like in the middle of like a lunch sequence and I'm just like you think of the craziest things because you're just in such like a robot mode of like yes. let's just make it through it that your mind wanders a little bit so yes. yeah that's my that. little fun time yeah <laughs> Oh, well, Zach, this has been such a pleasure. I love seeing your face. I love you so much. I love seeing your face. And um, I'm going to put like all of the things in the show notes, but where can people find you on socials and get into one of your classes? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram, Zach Bergfeldt Pilates, on the Facebook, Zach Bergfeldt. And then my website is reformation, re-formationbyzach.com. And then my OnlyFans account is just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And you have a lot of on-demand classes on your website, which are fire. I have 170 classes on there. Fire, fire. Amazing. Yeah. We're trying, you know? Yeah. If you're in New York, go see his class in person. If you're not in New York or you're in New York and you don't want to go to in-person classes, look at his on-demand because his classes are, as I said in the bio, so fun. He'll make you cry because you work so hard, but he'll also make you smile (laughs) while you're crying. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. The one class I took from you, I wanted to die. I was like, oh God, (laughs) this is so hard. But it was also fun. I enjoyed myself. Yes, yeah, so hard, but it's like I want you to work hard, have fun, sweat, and you kind smile, of forget and just do whatever you can. Exactly. Yes, yeah. you forget your suffering. Yes, so oh. true. Well, thank you so much for your time and spending time of with course. us. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Somewhere quiet we can go